absolutely. I want to thank Jeremy Lamp from last week from Cobalt Kinetics. Jeremy, uh, great guy. He's over there marketing over there. And uh, got to know him a little better. Met those guys at the 2016 SHOT Show. But Jeremy didn't get a chance to talk much, so I wanted you guys to get to know Jeremy a little bit more. Really great interview there with us. And later in the show, we're going to announce our trivial winner and the three state Kinetics prize package that they put up, and we're going to announce the winner to the Nordic Components and Guard. Nordic Components is an American-owned manufacturing company proud to produce quality products right here in the USA. As a company, we continually invest in our manufacturing capabilities to ensure that all of our products are the highest quality and most efficiently produced parts available. The Nordic Components business consists of two segments, manufacturing and sales. Our manufacturing business works to provide custom machine components for a variety of applications with our specialty being firearm components. The sales business produces lines of branded firearm accessories to enhance and elevate the shooting experience. We are a company owned and operated by individuals devoted to shooting sports, and many of us shoot competitively. We attend and sponsor a number of events around the country each year where we listen to you, the consumer, and are proud to say that all of our firearm components are a direct result of your input. As a firearms accessory provider, our aim is simple. Provide shooting enthusiasts with innovative products of uncompromising performance and reliability. Nordic Components. Check us out at nordiccomp.com. Jet setting in here lately, brother. Again. Again. Seems like you're always back back in from being on the road when we get on the show here. What what's your latest adventure been? I went out to Spokane or Spokane as they say out there, uh, Washington, to meet up with some SWAT guys to go over uh, the Celtic design system. They're very interested in adopting the uh, RGB and the KSG for their operation. Very cool. So uh, yeah, I went out there and did a little training with them, a little running and gunning, and uh, it was for a TV show that's uh, coming out. I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but can you tell where where it's going to air? Uh, it's for NRA News. Okay, NRA News. Yeah. NRA News. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure where it's going to air yet. I would assume on all their social media and 
introductory trip, go out there, introduce myself, introduce the weapon platforms, kind of let them run around with them, see if they like them, yeah. and then get their input and all that good stuff. So uh, next time we go out, we're actually going to blow stuff up and fly helicopters and, you know, do all that. Cool. But looking forward to it. Really, really great group of guys. Um, very pro-Second Amendment. Um, you know, they're all gun-toting, gun-loving guys just like we are. They just happen to be, uh, you know, law enforcement. Right. So, you know, I, that's kind of the way I want my, uh, my local law enforcement agency personnel. I want them to be 2A loving people. <laughs> Let's say the Spokane Sheriff's Department, they're very Second Amendment. Very, just really solid people, man. I um, had the opportunity to go to dinner with their team leader and just pick his brain a little bit, find out, you know, what those guys are up to out there and, uh, you know, what kind of work they're doing. And, um, yeah, man, just great people. Very cool. Now, did you happen to, to get introduced to them through Senior Team Leader Garcia? No, I did not, actually. I um, got introduced to uh, them through um, this guy named Rick. He works with a lot of uh, he was a special forces guy himself, but he worked with a lot of um, special teams and whatnot uh, overseas. Uh, everybody from the CIA, FBI, obviously, uh, you know, Delta, SEALs and whatnot. But um, he uh, became a he, he writes for the NRA and uh, he's got his own publication. He writes for some law enforcement magazines as well. Right. And so he um, he's just a friend of Caltech, and he saw an opportunity to introduce me, um, sort of in his world. So he brought me out to meet some of these operators, and so we're going to do a lot more of that that kind of stuff in the future. So we'll, we'll do uh, both law enforcement, and we'll get some uh, ex-military guys out there that are still contracted, right. go out and run and gun with them. So you know, again, it's somewhere I probably don't deserve to be, <laughs> but 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 I'll take it. It's fun. It, I mean, it, and it's such an honor to meet these type of people. You know, I mean, these guys are doing the real deal every day. And uh, for them to share their time with me on the range, and then you know, like I said, you know, go out to dinner and just to hang, be a normal guy, get to know them better. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an honor, man. So, so we'll do a lot more of that, and we'll bring a lot more of the uh, video and stuff to you, so you guys can kind of get, get a sneak peek inside of their life as well. Awesome. Now, yeah. the bullpup platform, obviously, that's very attractive to these high-speed, close-quarter combat kind of guys real estate that these platforms take up. Are you finding that more and more of our, uh, I'm going to say special forces, you know, like SWATs, the specialized teams kind of guys are leaning towards or looking towards the more bullpup platform? Yeah, that's kind of the feedback I'm getting. I mean, obviously the KSG is taking off. They like the capacity on board the KSG versus its size. Right. So, yeah, only, only either a bullpup or something that's extremely sawed off and cut down is going to offer that sort of uh, compactness. However, when you start cutting down a traditional style platform, then you start to lose a whole bunch of, um, you know, a whole bunch of goodies. Like you're, you're losing velocity and power out of your round, and you're also losing the capacity in uh, many cases. Like in an AR platform, obviously you can still put, you know, 30 rounds, uh, you know, up to 100 rounds in, in that gun if you want to. Oh, yeah. But whatever the magazine carries you to. Yeah, but what you're losing is is your velocity and the power that the design the cartridge is designed for. So in a bullpup, you get the full length barrel. So the the attractiveness for these guys, the reason they like it, is because they're still getting you know full carbine length barrel and then some. Uh, but the gun is still shorter than their shortest you know cut down in force. 
and plus they don't have to deal with any ATS paperwork. Right. And, uh, that's a really that's a really big selling point for the agency. So do the agency still have to go through the ATS stuff? Oh yeah, they still have to do the paperwork. Oh okay, I didn't realize yeah. they had to do that. I thought it was just a yeah. yeah, it's a mess. It, like um, the the uh, contracting agencies have to go through that stuff because they're um, I mean technically they're government agencies, but um, you know they got to deal with the paperwork because you know a lot of these LEOs take these guns home. You know, so they have to be accounted for at all times. It's just it's just more paperwork. Whereas uh, an agency, if they want to buy a bullpup, they order the bullpups, they show up, they're ready to go because the gun's also civilian legal without without ATF paperwork. So it's a you know there's a it's a win-win for all those guys. And um, plus with the Caltech design, you know our RDB is downward ejecting, the KSG is downward ejecting. So you know in tight quarters like we've got dealing uh, for the most part, they've got um, they don't have hot brass flying around. Um, just a nice compact gun. You can go uh, room to room without having to muzzle up, muzzle down, um, all that kind of stuff. Like you can literally hold the RDB in your hand or KSG in your hand with your hand on the fire control and push a door open without muzzling yourself, you know, or having to go muzzle up and muzzle down. So they like the fact that they're entering a room with their muzzle pointed towards the enemy, towards the threat. So that's a big deal for them as well. Nice. Yeah. So are you guys, can you get anything new in the works as we were talking about?
4.5 inch AR is really small. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, that's another thing hunters say when they're climbing up in their stand or you know walking around in the brush. They don't have that many big barrels to kind of hold them back. They'll drag it down behind them. Yeah, yeah. that and um, the fact that they get they can get it in six five Gretel, which is a nice powerful hunting cartridge. Oh yeah. Um, it's got an adjustable gas system just like the normal RUD. So you know for their their particular hunting loads that they're reloading, they can set the gas perfectly for that. Um, you don't have an exposed chamber when you're running through the brush and whatnot, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, there's just a lot of advantages uh, to having something like that. So I think I think you're right. I think it'll take off, especially when people start doing it with camo patterns and all that. <laughs> now, are you going to be offering it in different patterns like that? Uh, probably not. Um, we're we're going to do the standard black, green, and tan. And then there's, uh, you know, there's companies like Blown Deadline out there that do amazing work with Cerakote. Right. Um, or just do the, your own home little hiding niche. Yeah, you could try that. The only problem with that is when you put that stuff on a hunting rifle, or really any rifle, is that uh, it comes off pretty easily. So if you're running through the brush and whatnot and climbing up tree stands and you knock that thing, it's going to tear it off. It's not if you do it right. There's there's the coating you can put on the the real durable, like they use for the Cerakote paints. Uh-huh. You put that over your hydro tip, and it makes it just as dirty as it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Every gun, every gun I've ever seen that's dipped is peeling. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's the way they do it, right? Yeah. Well, there's a there's just like anything. I mean, there's a way to do it to do it right, and there's a way to just if I screw it up, you half-ass it. That's how it's going to happen. But I prefer to send it off and let a pro do it. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing, as you know, I mean, I've been building my own here for a while, and then I got into the hydro dip business, and uh, well, I, I'll admit, my first my first couple that I hydro dip, yeah, I mean, that's the problem I was having with it also, it was coming off, but uh, once I did that uh, coating, which I can't remember what it's called right now, but the little spray you put on after you dip it and everything, uh, that protects it, so you get a good, nice. well, get a good, I mean, I'll start sending my stuff to you. I don't know about that, you'll never get it back, man. You start sending me uh, RDBs and stuff. Let's get into let's get into our jack wagon. Who writes simplified do or die? Hold them high at eighth and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby.
thank God, you know, she survived. She didn't die. Right. Yeah. Thank God the child didn't die or anyone else for that matter. Right. Um, because she was driving, and I mean, she could have easily, you know, swerved off the road, hit someone else, caused an accident, drove it into a lake. Who knows? All kinds of things. Bad things could have happened. But you know, thank the Lord it didn't. Um, so, you know, especially if you're an advocate for gun safety in the Second Amendment, don't give you know anti-gun people that sort of ammunition. You know, keep your gun safe. I always say, no keep on your intended. With that, that's a no pun intended. Don't give them that kind of ammunition. Exactly. And you know the thing is, like I always advocate, keep your gun in your safe or keep it in your holster. There's no two, there's no place else that gun should be, especially if you have children. Yeah. Well, if she's in a vehicle, there's there's certain type of uh, restraints uh, devices that are made specifically specifically for vehicles as well. Yeah, which would be a, which would be a holster. Be a holster. She'll never make again, guaranteed. So anyone else out there, and we've all done it. We've all thrown our gun in our seat before. Um, for me, I would obviously would never have done that if there was a child in the car. But and if my gun is in the seat of my truck, uh, it's in a holster. Right. Now, that makes it even more safe because obviously a gun can come out of a holster pretty easily. Well, I mean that that goes part of you know if you're going to be a responsible gun owner, responsible gun carrier. not just occasionally. It's like you said, that sometimes people will throw their gun. You, you've taken on that responsibility. It doesn't stop with once you're doing something else. You still have that firearm on you. Things can happen with that firearm. So you have to always be alert and aware of where your firearm is and what you're doing. Yeah, common sense is a huge part of this, you know. So the only thing I agree with when it comes to liberals is the phrase common sense gun control. And by that, I mean you either have it in your or you've got it in both your hands. Right. Absolutely. Other than that, there should be no gun, no gun control. So, you know, just, uh, you know, if anybody out there, complacency happens, and that's always when somebody usually gets hurt. Yeah. Just don't, don't become complacent. Don't just throw your firearm under your seat. We've, like I said, we've all done it. But, uh, you know, learn from this lesson. So I, I give it a half jack, jack wagon because, like I said, I feel sorry for it. I feel sorry for a hurt child, but I'm, you know, well, I think, she gets, I think she gets a full-on jack wagon because that's complete. It's not an accident. I mean, that's just complete negligence on her part. Yeah, that's well said. That's she, she, paid, she paid the price, unfortunately. That's how she learned her lesson, unfortunately. She may, she may have continued to do that. And it brings it to the attention of other people that may be in that same situation. Maybe that's how they keep their firearm because they just throw it underneath the seat. serve as a lesson. Absolutely. What do you got? Well, I'm kind of going to, I kind of go big with my opinions. I, I, I go for groups. I go for establishments. So this week, I'm throwing the uh, the oil industry on the jack wagon thing. Except for Caltech. Uh, except for Caltech. What do you do? Are you guys oil? Do you do oil also? Say again? Do you guys do oil? Oil? Yeah. No. Oh, did you say the oil? I said the oil industry. I thought 
thought you said the whole industry. Sorry. No, that's my southern accent, I guess. The oil, oil industry. Gas prices, yeah, go, gas prices have just skyrocketed again for no reason. You know, they went from like a dollar, almost a dollar a gallon in this area, like a dollar twenty something, and now they're up to like two dollars a gallon. Yeah. Just in a matter of weeks. Well, for why? What reason? You know? Well, nine times out of ten, it's because the um, refineries, uh, one will shut down. It happens all the time in California. They'll shut one refinery down, so it's puts a lot of burden on the other refinery that's ending. Well, they'll have two of them. Boo-hoo. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's not like they don't have a big stockpile of gas sitting there waiting anyway. Well, yeah, the thing is, it's not necessarily the, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons that gas prices go up. Um, That's just how There's a bunch of excuses why gas prices go up. There's really no good reason for them to go up. I'll tell you the reason it goes up. Uh, The main reason it goes up is because they buy it from somebody else. That and taxes. The government increases the taxes on it also. That's another yeah. thing. Here in Tennessee, I think they're, they're thinking about raising it another, like, 20 cents or 15 cents a gallon or something just for taxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's about to go up again. It'll be expensive this summer. But, I mean, ultimately, the reason that gas prices go up is because some guy somewhere says, ah, let's raise the gas prices. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Well, That's it's, it. Not, it's not necessarily, like I said, the, the oil industry itself. I mean, they want to sell you oil, you know. But the thing is, is at least they're digging it out of the ground and they're processing it, you know, and they're bringing fuel to us. Um, what I don't understand is when gas prices go up because of government restrictions and, you know, the government wants more of a cut here and there. And so right. they want more taxes on it. It's like we're not taxed taxes. enough. Are we not taxed enough already? The government isn't doing anything to process oil to turn it into fuel. Right. You know? They're just letting it sit there. It's like the property tax on your house. They tax you for your house when they had absolutely nothing to do with clearing the land, surveying the land, and then building your home. Right. Nothing to do with it. But yet they have to get their cut of whatever, you know, of your house every year or whatever. And, and then they run the electricity in, and then they tax that, and they put the water in, and they tax our water. Oh, he agrees. Junior agrees. Dogs went crazy. It's a welcoming committee, right? Necessary taxes was for no reason to increase the gas just because you know we have to have it. Although we really don't have to have it because there are alternative um, fuel sources out there that would make the the use of gasoline obsolete. Yeah, I agree. For vehicles. Yeah, here's the thing: is that stuff is harder to tax. So the government could have, you know, for a long time fought for alternative fuels, and they keep telling you that. It's the oil industry's fault that we're not, you know, um, resourcing. But let me ask the government, what in the world are they doing to look for alternative fuels? Are they doing anything? Is there a government agency that's actually doing something physically? Are they creating anything to give us alternative fuels? And the answer is no, absolutely not. What they want is for, well, what they say they want is for the oil industry and whomever to come up with alternative fuels for us, which they have. Oh, they got them. The government won't adopt it because money, the money's there. And it's no secret. I mean, the government's in bed with oil, like, 
You wouldn't believe. Uh, but, I mean, you can also got to look at look at these oil companies. Look at the billions of dollars they've got invested in their equipment to to go find, refine, produce you know the gasoline and the oil products. If we made that obsolete, look how much well, money. Taxation, I think, was more the reason than was the persecution. I mean, obviously, that was a big thing about it. Did you know that in history class? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was after they got here. Yeah. So it's been an on, it's been an ongoing battle since the beginning of time. I mean, greedy people are going to do greedy things, you know. And uh, it's Easter, and so <laughs> when we think about Easter, we think about the Bible, and in the Bible, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. So that pretty much sums it up. So that is our jack wagon train.
Yeah, you're like, hey, wait a minute, that was funny. <laughs> People start laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? And they're like, that was a joke, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I wanted to point that because I'm I'm big into Marvel and the Marvel movies. And his role, he's like one of the. If you guys remember, I think it was Iron Man three, when they were trying to get the Iron Man tech. He was the senator that was grilling Tony Stark. ISIS's number two is supposed to have been killed. Sure. You hear about that? Yeah. You don't believe it? Well, if I hear it from a, from a Delta guy or somebody that knows the guy that pulled the trigger or dropped the bomb or whatever, then I'll believe it. But other than that, no, I don't. Do you think it's just uh, fluff? Well, I think a lot of the, a lot of 
the stuff you hear like that is political, whatever. Here's know? here's a good uh, here's a good article right here. It says how come the U.S. keeps killing ISIS's number twos? How many number twos did they have? I guess in Afghanistan. Right. Yeah. And on Friday morning, a U.S. airstrike killed Abu Alaa Al Breen, senior leader in ISIS, who the U.S. says it wants to kill the nation's second ranking leader. This isn't the first time that. Understand your skepticism there. Yeah, I, I want to know who I need him. Uh, if I talk to that guy, and that guy, you know, tells me, you know, the dude's dead, then I'll believe it. Right. But it's, I mean, it, these days the White House press people can just come out and basically say anything. The press has no choice but to report it, and then we have no choice but to believe it. Well, we do have a We do have I mean, Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, and when I say we, I mean. The general, right? Community. Yeah, the general community will take it at face value and say, "Oh, okay, yeah. great." Instead yeah. of doing like we we preach on the show, is you know, you got to critically think. Don't just take something at face value just because somebody tells you. Even if somebody you trust, you can always go and verify the data as best you can. Sure, absolutely. You know, like when uh, Obama came out and said that he got Bin Laden, and then people started making bumper stickers saying, "You know, it took uh, Obama to get Bin Laden," this, that, and the other. I'm like, people actually believe this crap. <laughs> Obama had nothing to do with it. No, those wheels were already in motion. Exactly. Way in motion. Yeah. The people that got him were the teams that went hit, hit the ground. I mean, what, how much planning do you think Barack Obama did uh, in the uh, assault on bin Laden? Uh, like, he, he planned what he was going to dream while they were sitting there watching the, the invasion of the Saudi Arabia. You, you think they even watched it? I don't think he even sat there and watched it. I think that was just a, it was all a bunch of political crap. I think that was just fluff, too, that's in the back. Of course it was. Yeah. Did you watch that movie? Did you watch that movie? Um, it was. It was about the lady, the intel lady that did. That was like her obsession was tracking him down. You watch that movie? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Something. Uh, it's, have I seen it? Oh, God, I must have. But I mean that right there. I mean that that's based on what happened, and that was way before he actually started getting hurt with the with the invasion of Afghanistan. See, they only kill these people when it's politically expedient anymore. They don't kill them because we're at war with them. Right. It's like, you know, so Obama, what's going to so get me some more votes to get me reelected? Yeah, Obama denied that hit on bin Laden three times. So the military came to him. We know where he is. We want to take him out. Obama told him no three times before he figured somebody in his staff went, you know what? I bet we can get some political points out of this. So then he went, oh, yeah, sure, kill him. <laughs> yeah, I'll make it happen. Yeah, Obama's. I'm going to Cuba. Make it happen. I'm going to Cuba and uh, play some golf. Yeah, he just his response to stuff is shrug his shoulders and go, "Well, is it, does it make me look good? If it makes me look good, then yeah, of course, let's do it." Kind of like his reaction to the the recent bombings there in Brussels. Yeah, it was an inconvenience for him. Yeah, huge. He was on. Yeah, tell us about it. Tell family. <laughs> I don't know. Is he? I don't think he's come out now. Basically, what he said was that uh, you know, terrorism is, a, is an inconvenience on us. And what he meant by that was terrorism is an inconvenience because I'm down here in Cuba trying to have some fun, and these guys blew something up, and now i got to respond to it. It's an inconvenience. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, look up that interview. That sums up his whole administration. His whole administration is an inconvenience. It really is. <laughs> Except for the part where he gets to play golf whenever he feels like it and uh, fly around the world whenever he feels like it. 
that's what I, I didn't. I didn't mean an inconvenience for him. I mean, it's an inconvenience for us, and us really the American people. But, yeah. but it is an inconvenience for him too because he has to actually work. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of videos out there where he basically, well, not basically, he straight up said that he was lazy. I mean, that right out of his own mouth. I mean, you just did it right there. I'm lazy. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I'll just executive order him back in. Yeah. some headway until the National Enquirer came out with that uh, recent article about him having like, I don't know, how many mistresses? Seven or eight? Is that what it said? Yeah, which was uh, which has already been proven to be completely bogus. But it's like everyone thinks the National Enquirer is a total joke until it fits their needs. Suddenly everyone believes those ridiculous stories in there. Well, it came from the National Enquirer, did it? Exactly. They wouldn't report any of the lawsuit. Yeah. I, it's it's impossible to know what to believe anymore. It is, and that's why that's why I say you've got to do your research. Don't just yeah, take it from one source, even if it's a source you trust. Don't don't take it straight from you. Go and do some more background check. Sure. I put a post up on Facebook recently talking about how, you know, even when I was a kid, so, you know, even like just back in the 70s, entertainment was something you did on the weekend. You went to a movie with your family or with your girlfriend or you went and saw a show. Well, that's what um, weekends were so for. Like, even for me, I had to save up to go to a concert. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And the time in between, um, you know, when I was, a, like, a young adult, I was working and doing responsible stuff throughout the week. When the weekend came, that was entertainment time. Now, this newest generation, like, it's, uh, my daughter's generation, they, it's entertainment 24 hours a day. They, they, they want to live the entertainment life. And rea- they want to avoid reality. Right. And so things like the National Enquirer have become absolute, absolute gospel, and anyone that's telling the truth gets crucified. <laughs> so, right, because they don't want to hear yeah, the truth. Everything's gone so backwards. So people will just believe just about anything. And what happens is the media and obviously our government now and these politicians, they'll throw out, they'll just throw a nugget out there. It's a complete fabrication, obviously, Hillary Clinton's queen of all this stuff. It's a total fabrication, and then everyone latches onto it because of that, that entertainment mentality. Everyone wants the drama. They want to be entertained by this stuff, and so it has now become truth. And so in order to defend yourself against the lie, it's almost impossible. So somebody throws it out there that Ted Cruz had all these affairs, which is not true, but now Ted Cruz has to try to defend himself, and then people are looking at him going, oh, look, he's trying to lie about it. He's trying to cover it up. Whatever the reality is, it was never true to begin with. So it's like you're guilty of the damage that it does not only to, to him, but I mean, look at it. He's got kids. Those kids have to go to school. And then, you know how kids are. Kid, kids are little babies. So they know, they're catching grief over it in school from their mates and peers. And, you know, so they've got to deal with it. And the wife, she's going through the stress of, you know, parents and everything else. 
sources out there. It's called the interweb. And true, not everything on the interweb is true, but there are multiple sources to where there's enough places you can go to draw and make your own conclusions. Yeah. Always follow the money trail. Find out who's funding those websites because when you figure that out, you'll figure out whether or not it's true. Right. Or you'll see which side they're leaning to. There's always some truth in every lie. You just gotta, you gotta be able to Too, too much of 
much information, you can pretty much ascertain what's really happening there just by them, you know, giving you some short details. But uh, here, here are, we've got coming up some truths that you can absolutely believe. We've got some more guests that are going to be calling in, and uh, they are going to drop some big news on us. So stand by for that. Looking while, forward to it. While we're waiting, let's go ahead and do our trivia. And I'm going to announce the winner to the Nordic Components trivia question that we had back in episode, yeah, so episode 143, Nordic Components uh, had a trivia question, and their question was you had to tell them how much that their XL handguard weighed. And you just go to their website, they've got all the stats posted there. You didn't really specify which handguard, but uh, I think most of you figured it out. I mean, they all pretty much weighed the same, and uh, we would take any of the ones that we put the weight on. But it was uh, like 15.5, 15.3 ounces is what the weight was for. I had even one person just went and put every size, every weight for every gun. That worked, too. That, I mean, she, she covered all bases. So our winner... Look up 
their shooting team and go on YouTube and watch them shoot some free gun matches. They're, those guys are pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, they are. We've had them on the show. Uh, Rick, Nick, Keith, and Kalani. Oh, yeah. Actually, Kalani is in the the, uh, the article that they did in Recoil. Kalani's a super stud. He is. He's, he's <laughs> the uh, Hawaiian Jedi. Isn't that what they call him? <laughs> he's, he's such an awesome guy, man. All those guys are really cool. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. And uh, I can't get over Nick's mustache. <laughs> you could actually, if you, trimmed your, if you trimmed your beard up, you could actually uh, compete with him in the stash there. I do, I do say I could, sir. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> Speaking of three gun, I think I see my phone ringing here. I think our other guests are going to join us now. So let's welcome in our new guest. We have a special announcement about that. All right. <laughs> All right, Landheads, now it's time for the special announcement of the Promise You Group. And to make this special announcement, we've got, uh, we pulled people in from all over the country. We've got some people from Arizona. We've got some people from Minnesota. We've got some people from Sticks in Tennessee. <laughs> Welcome in to Casey K and Zach B with Nordic Components. Thank you very much for having us. You guys seem to be dropping special announcement and new news every week. Uh, yeah, I'd like to keep it going. I'm not so sure how long we're going to get this thing going, but uh, it's just never going to It's never going to stop. I hope so. So to also help you guys make this announcement, and this will probably give it, a, give it away, but we've got my good buddy and three-gunner, CG3G, Casey Griggs. Welcome in, Casey. What's going on? Man, we're just we're having a blast here, enjoying all kinds of different weather. Casey's got, what, 107 degrees in Arizona, and Zach's got 42 inches of snow in Minnesota. We're getting drenched with rain here in Tennessee. Living it all. We've got uh, another good announcement for you, and who wants to... season has started hot and heavy. Casey, you've uh, you've already kind of taken a couple this year, haven't you? Yeah, I've already taken a couple. I've actually uh, been starting out pretty well. A lot of people are actually kind of shocked by that, how quickly I'm coming out here as they see me. Now, it was kind of funny because I, I don't feel it. I'm not shocked. Other people see it. Well, I'm that's even, good. Uh, you know, they underestimate you. That's the best thing that people can do is underestimate you. Well, I never look at myself as if I'm the top. I just, I know there's always room for improvement. I guess that's where I keep my level playing field. And if I get better, I get better. It's kind of one of those. I study, I watch people, I learn from it, and I apply it. And now you've got some. I, I didn't, 
Casey, I didn't tell you the expectations for the one-off events here at Tilt Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the agreement, man. You got to finish first in every contest. Yeah, why don't you read all the whole contract? Read all the way to the bottom. Like it's Yes, the fine print was here, but you have to watch it. Well, I can say that I am proud to be a part of Morgan Components. I'm glad you guys are part of the Talking Lead venture, and uh, it makes my heart even better to bring Casey Griggs on board with us, too. So, welcome aboard, Casey. Definitely, definitely proud to be on it, too. You know, it's just, just watching some of the stuff that Morgan's been doing lately, it has been just very surprising as far as how much they're coming up quickly and then looking at everything they're doing. It's, it's very innovative, and it's amazing, truthfully. Well, these guys aren't and new I'm, to the firearms industry, but to, to bring it into the AR market, the products and the way that they've done it, I mean, they didn't hold back. I mean, they, oh, no. they researched and developed each of these firearms. Uh, still continue to improve upon them as they go, but uh, just bringing high-quality ARs to the market is Zach, you've got you've got another announcement to make, also, right? I do. Um, yeah, we've got a commercial coming up that's going to be airing on Sportsman's Channel starting this summer, um, and it's available for viewing on our Facebook page and on Talking Lead's page. Um, so yeah, go check it out and have a little sneak preview. I don't think it's quite the finished format that we've got up right now, but it's pretty close. So pretty polished. It looks good, man. You said the owner, that's the owner that's shooting there, Yarmo? Yeah, and Shannon, the product Shannon. development leader. Yeah. They look uh, pretty high speed. They look like they know what they're doing. Well, it's the miracle of editing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that also, brother. <laughs> well, hey, I'll just tell you about our experience by talking to him. Just with the little time that I did at the SHOT Show, I could tell real quick that he is highly intelligent in what he, you know, does. So that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're both great at uh, all the different things that they work on around here. But Yarmo, like we were talking last time that Casey and I were on, he's got his hands in pretty much everything that we have going on around here. And Shannon's real active in you know all the product development stuff and the quality. It's everybody's uh, everybody's playing a big role. It's a sign of a good owner when they uh, take a part in uh, stepping across the line. That's awesome. Yeah, our goal was to get Yarmo out in the field a lot more soon. His past, he's, he's actually a little initiative. Um, he just, you know, running a business and, and doing all the things he does, he doesn't get out as much as he needs to, and that's uh, it's wonderful. That's his goal, too, if you ask him. Yeah. <laughs> no, you like to do that, too. <laughs> so what you're saying is we have a three-man, three-gun team. He's pretty solid. Yeah, um, okay. He used to shoot, oh, I mean, he had, you know, wife, kids, life, you know, all of it gets in the way. Um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely, that's something that he to get back into, and I think he's, uh, that's my goal, get him back into it and, and start uh, having him more out there. I think it just represents, <clears throat> you know, these, these are not, you know, just toys that we're going out. These are actual, you know, hard-working machines, and, you know, we're going to come out with, you know, bigger, better three-gun equipment, all this different stuff we have. These guys are going to start um, kind of specializing in uh, certain platforms. Yeah, I mean, we're, right now we just did, you know, the pretty basic, you're just really launching into the market and not the basic, but um, really getting out into the area and, not, and then and then having more specialized rifles, like I said, that three-gun rifle um, or the sniper platform, all that kind of stuff coming up.
So yeah, a lot of good things in the works, um, and we're excited to have a great team on board right now, working to continue to deliver and uh, showcase all these products. I think Casey's rifles should arrive to him hopefully today, maybe. Uh, <laughs> does the guy that's supposed to be receiving it know this? I, he probably doesn't, because they're probably not going to be in there today. So. Uh, I would say with all that snow, they're probably okay. yeah, going to be delayed a little bit. Yeah, the, the uh, dome sled hasn't picked them up yet. So, um, hey, I'll tell you what, though, out of the news that I've been getting back about the 308, I mean, I'll tell you what, that's that's pretty impressive. And the place that I went and shot at that I actually placed uh, fourth in that I would like and thought, again, I love my military, uh, but if they would let me go, I could compete and possibly, you know, secure a first or second place win, and um, I would love to show off that 308 rifle down there at the Canyon Steel Challenge. Uh, it's owned and operated by the guys at Ronin Tactics. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them or not, but uh, Jason Daniels is a really cool guy. Um, Terry Howard's owned them, and all the tactics and things they do. They've got a great team over there, and uh, that Precision Shooting Center is amazing. I, I think it's obvious that you know the Army doesn't want to let you go because they're afraid that you're going to show up <laughs> well, I've done been asked why I haven't went over there sooner, but here's here's the reason why I tell them. I said, you know, they're when you get into the world of the National Guard shooting team, things change a little bit. They the format style changes. You know, they call it the combat shoot like style curriculum that we do. It ain't. Well, maybe you could go over there and just kind of appease them and, and take part in that program, not necessarily join their team, but maybe they'd be more apt. See, that's the other problem you get into with the military side of it. Once you're promoted by them, you can't run sponsors. But then we can throw Norton's guns in the Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just kind of sucks not be able to wear Nordic's shirts and everything else. We do kind of like that, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, it's advertising, right? Right. They're going around. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But, but today, we don't have one. We don't have two. Yes, that's right. Third one, guys, you've got a your own sponsored uh, or an organized three gun competition coming up this summer. We do, which I'm excited about. You want to talk about that, or is it too soon? Um, no, we can get some of the preliminary stuff. Um, <laughs> we are hosting a three gun match um, that is co-sponsored with Vortex Optics. three-gun match in Minnesota is uh, going to feature 250 shooters spots, so it's going to be a pretty big match in general. Nice. Um, so that's going to be the last weekend in June, uh, the 24th through the 26th. Um, and uh, stages aren't scheduled or set up yet or anything, obviously, um, but there's uh, information available at NordicVortexTrigun.com. NordicVortexTrigun. So um, have a look on there. There's match info on there, sponsored information and all that good stuff. So, yeah, we're about three months away from that. And definitely excited to be hosting a big match up there. Cool. That's awesome. Where will we be? I think Talking Lead will be the... Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesomeness. 
it's like awesome sauce <laughs> with, a, with a side of Bloody Mary. Exactly. <laughs> vacation has been booked, to say the very last. Yeah, so vacation's taking a little sabbatical. I was going to make it sound like you were on a work uh, vacation then, but you are no. kind of working, though. I, listen, I told, I sent somebody an email yesterday said, look, I'm working more right now on vacation than I, uh, I do normally, so I think that should be so much. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Casey K from your vacation there and uh, making this special announcement. Absolutely. I kind of alluded to it last week for those who heard it, but uh, we wanted to do it officially. We appreciate the time. Choose the barrel length, the handguard sizes. Uh, right, the, the barrel length is covered. We've got a couple options. Yeah, so. specification. And uh, they've got more coming on the way. So check them out, NordicComp.com. All right, so that was awesome news from our buddies over at Nordic Components. Congratulations to Casey Griggs on that. Glad he's on board, part of the team now. Yeah. So, I like Casey. Yeah, Casey's Chad, you mentioned earlier that you had a project that you were working on. What do you got? What are you working on? Yeah, I just finished up a, an AR that I've been wanting to build for a long time. What is it? What is it? Uh, uh, anyone that knows Patrick Kelly, um, they know that.
love black hole weaponry barrels. And so um, I was just asked him about barrels because I wanted to build this particular AR. And he said, go to black hole weaponry. Uh, talk to those people. They're awesome. So I did. I've heard of them. I've, I've seen their, their barrels. And they seem to like high-quality stuff. They are. They're very nice. Um, they're expensive, but you definitely get what you pay for. Right, which is why I haven't ever bought one.
wished I had one yesterday, but didn't make it. I did not make it. Didn't make it. Things just didn't work out. I got a big match coming up this week, and I didn't want to burn myself out. I hear you. What What do you got coming up this week? We got the Superstition Mystery Mountain match out in uh, Arizona. Nice. Where When is that? That is this coming weekend. So I fly in Thursday, and the match is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So you're going to be in the area uh, Tuesday through until Thursday? Yeah, I'll be here. We need to hook up, man. I'm going to be down in Daytona at the Big 3 East event. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah. We'll be I'll cool. probably stop by and see you all there, too, but I would like for you to come to the factory as well. Yeah, if I can work it in, definitely. Okay. So if I can, it doesn't get dark there until what time now? It's it's later and later now. Yeah, but we close up at four. So well, I mean, there's a there's the, the machine shop is twenty four seven. Okay. But you yeah. you said you're only like less than an hour away, right? Yeah, about forty minutes, forty five minutes. Sweet. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, we need to try to work out a day where I can come. I'm only gonna be there a couple of days, so. Yeah. Well, at least gotta get some dinner. And as you're filling up your shopping carts there at NordicComp.com with all their cool components and accessories, be sure to use the Leadhead discount code at checkout. It's good on most of their items, obviously not the rifles. So go check them out at NordicComp.com. Steel targets.
Jesus.